the New You series. If you're new with us, we kicked this off last week, and I'm going to be spending several weeks talking about how we become a new you. How do you become a new you in life? A new you with your health, a new you with your friendships and relationships, a new you in marriage, a new you in parenting, a new you breaking free from addictions and old habits. How do we become a new you? That's what we're looking at throughout this series. And today, I want to talk to you about how to become a new you at work, at work. The wisest man who ever lived, his name was Solomon. He wrote two books in the Bible that give us great practical wisdom on how to have a successful life. He wrote one book that's called Ecclesiastes and another one called Proverbs. And one of the major themes in the book of Proverbs as you read it and study it is the theme of work. And you may be asking yourself, why would Solomon spend so much of his time as the wisest man who ever lived addressing the subject of work? I'll tell you why. Because because most of us will spend 40 to 50% of our awake hours while we're wide awake at work. Did you realize A vast majority of your life, of your time, is spent working. It's a huge part of our lives. So what I want to do today is I want us to examine some scriptures in the book of Proverbs so that we can learn how to be a success at work. And please understand that the principles that we're going to address that Solomon gives us, they apply to all of us regardless of what kind of work you and I do. Whether you're a, a school teacher or a homemaker or a CEO or in the military, whether you're still in school studying, whether you're an employer or an employee, whether you're nearing retirement or just entering the workforce, all of these principles are applicable to you and I, and we need to apply them in our life so that we can become a new you in our workplace in 2013. So let's, let's look at the first principle. Principle number one, success at work, success at work. Number one, work with a purpose. Work with a purpose. Solomon said in Proverbs 16, verse 3, commit your work. Come on, everybody shout work. I want you to catch that. Commit your work to who? To the Lord. Then it will succeed. Commit your work. Some of you are like, really? That place I call a drudgery? That place I hate going to? That place I wake up on Monday morning and I'm like, oh, it's Monday morning again. Gotta go to work. Yeah, yeah, that place, the Bible says to commit it to the Lord, then it will succeed. Friends, can I tell you, this is where it all starts. If you want to be a success at work, you have to have the right purpose. You have to have the right purpose. And the purpose is that you're working for the Lord. You're not just working for a boss. You're not just working for a company. You're working unto the Lord. You're working to please the Lord. Your purpose is to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ, no matter what kind of work you do. And if you'll commit your work to the Lord, the Bible says, then it will Succeed. You got to work with a purpose. Work with a purpose unto the Lord. There's a second thing. I want you to see a second scripture in Proverbs 21 and verse 5. Solomon says, The plans, the plans of the diligent lead to profit as surely as haste leads to poverty. 
Friends, one big difference between successful people and unsuccessful people is that successful people have a purpose. They have a sense of mission. They have a plan. Question, question. Do you know why you work? Do you know why you go to work every day? Because successful people, they know why they work. They have a purpose. They have a plan on why they go to work. The Apostle Paul, he addressed this regarding his life and, and his focus on why he was on planet Earth. And he said in 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 7, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. The Apostle Paul says, I finished the race. He says, I had a race to run. When I was living on earth, I, he was, when he wrote this, he was towards the end of his life. He was about to die. And he says, you know what? I finished my race. I wasn't just living life aimlessly, just like, I don't know why I'm here. No, I had a purpose. I had a plan. And I finished the race that God had for me. The Bible says in Acts 13, verse 36, for when David had served God's purpose in his own generation, he fell asleep. He was buried with his fathers and his body decayed. David said, listen, I had a purpose. He served his purpose, God's purpose for his life, and then he died. David wasn't a mistake. He wasn't an accident. He was born with a purpose. And friends, you and I, we're not supposed to just live our lives just without meaning, without, without purpose. We're not supposed to go uh, through life and go to work without purpose, without meaning. We're supposed to serve God's purpose in our generation. I don't know about you, but I can say for myself. Herbert Cooper is serving God's purpose for his generation. I want to be like David. I want to serve God's purpose in my generation. Then I want to die. Come on, how about you? Are you serving God's purpose in this generation? Are you serving God's purpose at work? Are you working with a plan? I like what the scripture says regarding Jesus in Luke chapter 2 and verse 49. And he said to them, why do you seek me? This is Jesus talking to his parents. He was 12 years old. His Family was worshiping in the temple. His parents accidentally left Jesus behind and were heading home, and they realized Jesus is not with us. So they went back to the temple to get Jesus and looked for him. They were frantic. They were panicking. They had lost Jesus. And when they found him, Jesus said, why do you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? Isn't that radical for a 12-year-old? <laughs> I love that. Jesus was 12 years old. He wasn't even a teenager, but he knew he was here with a purpose. He's sitting in the temple with his G.I. Joes, praying, listening to some folks talk. But he says, I got a purpose. I'm here with a I got to be about my father's business. And you and I, we've got to be about our father's business. And what God's called me to do, he's called me to pastor and to lead people's church, called me into full-time ministry. I'm about my father's business of preaching and teaching the word of God. I'm about my father's business, discipling people and helping them grow in their faith, winning people who don't know Jesus to, 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 to faith and helping them cross that line of faith and give their life to Christ, feeding the poor, ministering to the homeless, ministering to people who are hurting down and out and broken. I, I'm helping to mentor and pour into other ministers and, and raise up a generation of, uh, of ministers that'll preach the gospel. I'm serving God's purpose in my generation. I'm about my father's business. How about you? Are you about your father's business? 
Would you evaluate yourself right now? On a scale of one to ten, one being the worst, ten being the best, evaluate yourself. Are you living life with a purpose? Think about your life. Do you have any written down goals for your life, for your family, for your career, some goals? Did you realize that only 5% of people in the world have a written down goal? You want to become a new you in 2013 in your workplace? Begin to work with a purpose. There's a second thing that I want you to see, and that is this, work with integrity. A second principle that Solomon gives us, work with integrity. Regardless of what kind of work you do, you must have integrity. Listen, integrity is imperative. It is not optional. You, can't, you cannot choose not to have it if you want to be a real, true success because nothing lasts without integrity. Solomon said in Proverbs 10 and verse 9, the man of integrity walks securely. Isn't that true? When you and I walk with integrity, we have a security about ourselves. We're not always looking over our shoulder, wondering when, is, when are we going to be exposed. You know, you don't have any peace when you don't have any integrity. You, you don't have peace in your life because you're thinking it's going to come out in the open at any time. But the man of integrity walks securely. But he who takes crooked paths will be found out. A person of integrity walks securely. They're transparent. They don't have to hide anything. They say, look at my life because I'm exactly who I appeared to be. I have integrity. Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 11 says, the Lord demands fairness in every business deal. He established this principle. Friends, can I tell you that God is all about us being fair, being just, being, being honest, being truthful. That's what God blesses. He blesses the person of integrity. He demands fairness. That's what God is all about. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 12 and verse 3, Solomon said, wickedness never brings real success. Only the godly have that. And friends, hear me. If you want real success in your life, in your workplace, you must have integrity. Can I tell you, the world is more, is more interested in you looking good. But God is interested in you being good. The world is more interested in your outward appearance on the outside. God is more interested on your inside. The world is more interested in your image. God is more interested in your integrity. And God blesses the person who walks in integrity. Wickedness never brings real success. Evaluate yourself right now, one to ten. Evaluate yourself. Are you committed to personal integrity? You're cutting corners, you're lying, you're cheating. Are you a person of integrity? Have you decided before the fact, before the business still ever goes down, before you're ever in a compromising uh, situation where you could compromise, before you're ever faced with the dilemma or the situation, have you decided before the fact that you will not cheat? You will not lie. You will not compromise your convictions. If you want to be a new you in 2013 at your workplace, would you commit to being a person of integrity? That's the kind of person God blesses. There's a third thing that I want you to see that Solomon teaches us about success at work, and that is work with intensity. Work with intensity. Successful people work hard. Matter of fact, there were so many verses I could have 
chosen to share with you today because all throughout Proverbs, Solomon drills this principle home that we, has, we must work with intensity. I, I want to share two of them with you. Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 23. He says, all hard work, not just work, all hard work brings a profit, but mere talk leads only to poverty. How many of you know some people that are great talkers, but they don't ever do anything. Anybody know some folks like that, huh? How many of you sit next to somebody like that? Don't raise your hand, just, just wink. Yeah. Always talking. They, they talk a good game. They're always talking about what they're going to do. They're always talking about tomorrow. They're always strategizing and plotting, but they don't ever do anything. And they'll never experience success. Solomon goes on to say in Proverbs 13 and verse 4, he says, lazy people want much, but get little. Isn't that true? They want much. I mean, I want a whole lot. They want much, but get little. But those who work hard, work hard, will prosper. You see, lazy people live in a fantasy world. They're always dreaming and fantasizing and dreaming and plotting and dreaming but they don't ever live in reality on how those dreams are going to come to fruition and what it's going to take. Have you ever heard somebody say, I'm just waiting for my ship to come in? You ever heard that before? You know what I mean? Somebody says, I'm just waiting for my ship to come in. I understand that we need to wait on the Lord and we need to be people of prayer, but most people, they need to quit waiting on their ship to come in and get on their swimming trunks and jump in the water and start swimming. Come on. You better swim to that ship. That ship is not coming in. You got, to, you got to get in the water and start swimming to get to your ship. At some point, you got to get out there. You got to get in the water. You got to get your rear in gear and move it, move it. Move it, move it. That's a word for somebody today. You came to church just to hear that. Move it, move it. Get with it. Come on, get the education. Get the training. Work hard. Network. Stay up late and get up early. Show up to work early. Stay late. Pray the pot. Pay the price. Move it. Move it. Even in what I do as a pastor, I, I get to talk to young pastors pretty frequently. Matter of fact, I was just in San Diego hanging out with some, some guys who wanted to plant churches and and it's amazing people come out of college and uh, maybe Bible school or seminary and, and they think, you know, what pastors do is they just pray and just read the Bible. That's what some of you think. Pastor, what do you do all week? Mm, all this just happens. Mm, two campuses. Mm, Sunday night service. Mm. I'm like, no, my brother. No, this takes work. It takes W.O., you want to go start a new church? It takes work. I'm talking about 40, 50, 60, sometimes 70 hours, especially at the beginning. It takes work, W-O-R-K. The same thing in your field and what you do for a living. There are some people, they just think, oh, you know, yeah, even Christians, oh, you know, I'm just going to love the Lord. He's just going to open the door. No! Move it, move it. You've got to work. Lazy people want much, but get a little. But those who work hard will prosper. Would you evaluate yourself right now? And can I tell you, it's hard to evaluate yourself in this area because it's hard to look in the mirror and say, I'm lazy. You know, I make, you know, 
So if you can't honestly evaluate yourself, ask a coworker, <laughs> ask your boss, ask your spouse. But do you work hard? Evaluate yourself. Are you making excuses or are you making it happen? Are you dreaming without working? If you want to become a new you in 2013, you have to work with intensity. Work hard. There's a fourth thing that I want you to see, a fourth thing, and that is this, a success at work. In 2013, you have to work on developing yourself. Work on developing yourself. Proverbs chapter 15 and verse number 14 says, a wise person is hungry for knowledge, while the fool feeds on trash, is hungry. Everybody shout hungry. Now, when I read this, I don't think about, you know, I just got a little itty-bitty appetite. Just give me a little potato chip. No. No, this is hungry. This is meat and potatoes. Hungry. Matter of fact, this is not hungry. Come on, I grew up hungry. Come here, I know what I'm talking about. I'm hungry. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I'm not hungry. I'm hungry. That's what this is. I'm hungry. I want some meat, but I'm hungry for knowledge. Are you hungry to grow? Are you passionate about reading books, reading blogs, listening to CDs, watching DVDs? I'm not talking about movies and music. I'm talking about things that help you grow, things that help you develop. Are you, are you hungry to get around people who are sharper than you and better than you and smarter than you and further along than you so that you can grow and develop? Listen, we all must be hungry to learn. Man, I'm a hungry. I'm a, I know I haven't arrived. I know I haven't maximized my potential. I know I'm not there. I'm a hungry to learn. We've got to be hungry to learn. Listen, we all need to learn from four different places. We need to learn from God's Word. Learn from God's Word. Can I tell you, I'm, I'm reading the Bible to you. Some of you are like, wow, the Bible, wow, it talks about everyday life. It does. Read it. It's so practical. It's helpful. It ministers to you. It changes you. Man, be hungry to grow and learn from the Word. Second of all, learn from wise people. Learn from wise people. The Bible talks about iron sharpens iron. Get us around some people that are sharper than you. Some of you, you know, maybe you're dealing with insecurity and you only want to get around people who are less than you. You know, they don't, they don't do as well as you are. They don't, they, you know, at work you're further along than them and you don't want to hang out with nobody further along than you. No. Get around people that are sharper than you and better than you in what you do for a living and, 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 and grow and, and learn from them. You, you, you have to learn from critics. Come on, learn from people who criticize you. Learn from people who talk about you. Learn from people that don't like you. Now, I know some of them are stupid, but that's okay. Learn from them anyways. Come on, learn. I try to learn from my critics. I try to learn. Sometimes they're right. Sometimes they're wrong. But even when they're wrong, I try to learn. I try to evaluate. I try to process. Learn. I, mean, I want to learn. I want to learn to be the best I can be. Come on, learn from failure. Learn from failure. I like what Thomas Edison said. He said, don't call it failure. Call it getting an education. <laughs> Come on, get an education. Successful people are hungry to learn, and they'll even learn from failure. The worst thing you can do in your career is to make the same mistake over and over again. You know somebody like that at work? I mean, they do the same thing this week, the same thing the next week, the same thing the week after. They make the same mistake. Don't be that kind of person. Learn from failure. The Bible says in Proverbs 18 and verse number 15, intelligent people are always ready to learn. And I'm always ready. I want to learn. I'm hungry. I'm hungry to learn. Their ears are, are open for knowledge. And there are some people that think they can be successful without learning. It's a tragedy. 
And you hear them say things like this, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. And, you know, they think, you know, I got my diploma. I got my degree. I got a job. I've been working at it for years. You know what they're saying is, I'm not going to grow. I'm not going to learn. I'm not going to develop. And they'll never reach their career potential, their God-given potential, unless they get this hunger to to grow and to develop and to better themselves. I, I love the verse in Ecclesiastes chapter 10 and verse 10. This is a great verse. Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 10 says, If the axe is dull and its edge unsharpened, more strength is needed, but skill will bring success. And, and what he's saying here, Solomon is saying, if you're out chopping wood with a dull axe, it will take a whole lot more energy to get the tree down, a whole lot more energy, and a whole lot more time with the dull axe than it would with a sharp axe. And there are a lot of people that go to work every day with a dull axe. And they're trying to be successful at work. They're trying to get career advancement. They're trying to get promotion. They're trying to get the raise. They're trying to get a management position, but they're going to work with a dull axe. And listen, you got to sharpen your axe. You got to get better. You got to develop. You got to grow. You've got to learn. No matter what you do for a living, be the best you can be. Learn, grow, sharpen your axe. If you're a truck driver, be the most skilled truck driver you can be. If you're an accountant in real estate, a minister, a school teacher, a homemaker, a cashier, a waitress. If you're in school, whatever you do, develop your skills because that will make a huge difference. Don't go to work with a dull axe. Growing churches require growing pastors. Growing marriages require growing spouses. Growing kids require growing parents. Growing businesses require growing businessmen and growing business women. You must continue to grow, learn, and to develop if you want to maximize yourself at your workplace. Would you evaluate yourself right now? I'm talking about honest evaluation. Would you be honest? One to ten, have you stopped learning and growing? Are you actively pursuing growth and development opportunities? Notice the word actively pursuing. Are you making it a priority to sharpen your axe? Listen, if you want to be a new you in 2013 in the area of your work, commit to developing yourself, to learning, to growing. Number five is this. The the fifth thing that Solomon teaches us about work is work with resolve, with resolve. One of the biggest things that separates successful people from unsuccessful people is resolve, Successful people have a determination. They have a stick-to-itiveness. And there's a myth that I want to shatter today. And that myth says that successful people do everything right. Oh, man, successful people, they just get all the breaks. Successful people, I mean, everything just goes their way. That's not the truth. I've had the opportunity to be around a lot of successful people. And can I tell you something about successful people? Successful people make as many mess-ups, they fail as much, They stumble as much as unsuccessful people. They make huge mistakes. Did you realize that the best basketball players, the best in the world, basketball players make only half their shots? The greatest quarterbacks, the greatest who have ever played the game, complete six out of ten passes. 
Major League Baseball players, the best of the best, make it to first base only 40% of the time. Top oil companies, even with expert geologists, find oil in only one out of 10 wells drilled. A successful TV actor is turned down 29 out of 30 times after auditioning for roles or commercials. Winners in the stock market make money on only two out of every five investments. Listen, if at first you don't succeed, welcome to the human race. Because we, we fail, we mess up, we we blow it, but the difference between successful people and unsuccessful people is successful people have a resolve to stick with it. They stumble, they fall, but they don't stay down. They get back up. They don't give up. They don't quit. They persevere. They endure. They're determined to keep on keeping on. I think about myself in starting People's Church. Ten and a half years ago, my wife and I, and we started People's Church, our grand opening on Mother's Day 2002. We had 65 people in attendance. And we're excited. This new church is going to grow and God's going to bless in incredible ways. The next weekend, we had 50-something people. The next several weeks, we had dropped down to 40-something people. The church was growing in the wrong direction. But we were committed. I was committed, discouraged, but committed. We're going to stick this thing out. God's called us to do this. We don't have the resources, don't have the money. We got more bills than we got money. I'm going to go out and I would fly out on Sunday nights and go preach across the nation to raise funds, to pay the bills at the church. It was hard. It was tough. It was grueling, but we were committed to stick with it. We're not giving up. We're not quitting. We're not giving out. We're going to endure. We're going to have resolve. The Bible says in Proverbs 24 and verse 16, for those a righteous man falls seven times, he rises again. And I want you to know righteous people do fall. Righteous people do blow it. Righteous people make mistakes and they make bad business decisions. And righteous people blow it and they make a wrong decision at work. Righteous people do blow it and they mess up in the financial arena and make a mistake. Financial, uh, righteous people blow it and, and maybe take the wrong job or should have took the promotion and they didn't. Righteous people blow it. They, they fall down and stumble. But the difference is righteous people, people full of God's spirit, they rise again. And I'm talking to somebody, you want to have success, you want to have a different 2013, you need to get up, you need to quit quitting, you need to start giving up and giving out. You need to quit switching jobs every other year. You need to stick with it. You need to grow. You need to develop. You need to say, I got resolve. I'm going to persevere. I'm going to stand firm through trial and adversity. And some of you, what you're thinking is, I'm old. It's too late for me. Wish I'd have heard this sermon 25 years ago. Ray Kroc, Ray Kroc was 52 years old when he started this little small business that you never heard of called McDonald's. He's 52. And he started McDonald's, 52. You know what that tells me? It's never too late to rise again. It's never too late to rise again. It's never too late to rise again. Success at work.